Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Keezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. Well, it's time for the first round of the ECAC Hockey Tournament. We'll talk about that with... Uh, union players Parker Fu and Vas Coleus and head coach Rick Bennett. And later on, Josh Segan from College Hockey News will help us break down the first round of the tournament. But Union, the number 10 seed, will take on number 7 seed Yale in New Haven, Connecticut. And the man who will be covering that series for us is Mike McGannon. Mike, thanks for joining me. I know you're a little uh, battling a little cold here, and thanks for coming on anyway. Uh, Mike, that's not why my voice is like this. Head coach Rick Bennett recruited me to help coach the power play during practice this week, and I've been screaming. Uh, shoot the puck, shoot mind. the puck. Yeah, so, no, I, um, I'm expecting some laryngitis this weekend, so it probably won't come as bad news to a lot of people, yeah. but that's fine. Well, here we are. I mean, you really had little to play for last weekend. They ended up losing at Dartmouth and Harvard. Uh, it was either going to be nine or ten, and yeah, you know, they end up being the ten seed. Do you think they got a favorable matchup with Yale? Like, maybe not, because let's face it, they lost what a combined nine nothing to Yale this year, and uh, um, and the last time they no, scored seven a, seven seven. Sorry, yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. Thank you. My mind's uh, elsewhere, but uh, um, but you know, last time they scored a goal was an Anthony Rinaldi overtime game winner in the 2018-19 season. So, 120 minutes of hockey against Yale this year, and nothing to show for it. Yeah, I'm. You know, the way they finished the season, I'm not sure anybody was a good matchup for them, but I think, or, or a bad one for that matter. I think Yale's a bad one based on the results. Um, uh, specifically the last one, which was five zip. Uh, you know, when they when they lost 2 nothing, there were some bright signs. And, you know, the Union actually didn't play that badly in that game. They just couldn't finish their scoring chances. Uh, and the second game was on the road, so we didn't see it. But it was, you know, came right on the heels of that nice three-three tie against Cornell at Mesa Rink, and it was a moment in the season where you thought, you know, they had a chance to show glimmers that they were going to turn it around a little bit, and then they just laid a complete egg against against Yale on the road. So, and because that one was more recent, it was probably more better indication of Union's character heading into the playoffs. So, I think Yale's a bad matchup for. Um, for Union, Yale's, Yale's been, you know, on a relative hot streak leading into the playoffs, too. They won four out of their last seven. You know, they, they got an OT tie against Harvard. Um, you know, it's 5-0 loss to Quinnipiac in their last game, notwithstanding. You know, they, it seemed like they got a, they're got they grinding into a little momentum into postseason. So I don't think it's really a great matchup for yeah, uh, Union. Yeah, when we talked to Rick Bennett um, on Tuesday, which was a day earlier than normal, but uh, he seemed – like you know, they, they were you know, they stumbled against Dartmouth in a game that, that they had a chance to win, and and Harvard they came out and played well and up one nothing, and then another dreaded my five minute major penalty uh, taken by Campolito this time, and ends up leading to a power play goal and a one one tie, and it's like here we go again with Union, and they end up losing that game four to one. Yeah, I mean they really seemed like they were sleepwalking into you know that last stretch there, the last couple weekends where. You know, they probably you know, outside of senior night, there's it, it, it probably hard for them to conjure some sort of motivation to, you know, they, they talk, try to talk a good game about getting into playoff mode and just building something, you know, win or lose where you're playing good hockey. But, you know, it's kind of hard to turn that switch on and, 
and keep it on over that last couple where you're probably in the back of your mind, you're thinking, all right, let's get this over with and just get the postseason started and see what happens. At which point, you know, they, they will be, you know, have that you know, extreme extra amount of uh, motivation, but it, it just seemed like a sleepwalk to the, you know, they, there was no real incentive from the standing standpoint to, you know, raise their position. And especially because that clump in the middle, you didn't know who you're going to wind up playing in the, in the first round. Anyway, you knew you're going to be on the road. You didn't know who you're going to be playing. So I don't know that there was really that much like positional motivation to, you know, to kind of move up just by getting point, you know, scratching together some points. So it was kind of a weird, you know, ghost town around here for the last yeah. couple of weekends. Well, like you know, you'll hear in the interviews a little bit with Parker and uh, and Voss. They kept saying, "Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's we get two seasons. We get you got the regular season. You get two, and, and that's it's what they were kind of the motto. Yeah, yeah it was kind of sweet. So maybe we'll talk. We'll yeah, you know, we'll get your thoughts on this series and uh, more when we talk to Josh later. But yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I I just don't see. I think the season ends this weekend myself. But that's like just. I'd be, I mean, maybe they win a game. I, I don't know, but it's just, it's just, I don't think. Between it the way they've been playing and just the circumstances of how it's like, you know, really a transitional year for the program, the whole season and the lousy matchup with Yale. Um, yeah. And I don't really expect them to get out of the first round. How, how many games it takes, uh, you know, we'll get to that, but um, yeah, I'm not yeah. seeing it. Yeah. So we'll talk a little more about that later with Josh Siegel. Up next, we'll have the comments. From Parker Fu, Voss Coleus, and head coach Rick Bennett, you're listening to the Party Shots Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Hi, this is Union Men's Hockey Coach Rick Bennett. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Back on the Parting Shots Podcast, along with Mike McAdam, I'm Ken Schott. Members of the Union hockey team met with the media on Tuesday, a day earlier than normal, and we had a chance to speak with Parker Fu, Vas Colias, and head coach Rick Bennett. First up is forward Parker Fu. <clears throat> well, what's it going to take to beat Yale? You haven't scored against them this year. That last time you guys scored against them was uh, Rinaldi's game winner in overtime last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of work ethic and just uh, sticking to it the, the entire game. Um, you know, obviously they uh, they have a pretty good defensive core over there, but um, you know I think that we've been getting a lot of chances recently, and uh, you know our numbers might not show it, but um, I think with the new season coming up, um, yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully they'll start going in. But the fact that you haven't scored a goal against them does that play in anybody's head? Can it play um, in somebody's heads? Yeah, I mean, I think maybe a little bit leading up to it, I guess, but um, I think that. We really just got to focus on going in and, and getting the first goal, and um, you know, hopefully it'll flow from there. You weren't, you were still on the injured list uh, first time they played when they came here, so you had a kind of different perspective than you were in the lineup for mm-hmm. the second time. Is it? Do you get a different kind of viewpoint of what yells about from being in the stands as opposed to being on the ice, and what kind of observations were you able to make about what they like to do? Yeah, I mean, they're uh, they're obviously a, a pretty physical team, and they're fast, and uh, I think that they really thrive on their forecheck. So. I think that uh, the best way that we can, um, you know, kind of combat that is just playing simple, playing hard in our own zone, and, and just getting pucks out off the glass. But there's no pressure on you guys, right? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> kind of the first time we've been in that kind of situation with uh, with not much pressure, expectations, and you know, hopefully we can take that as a, as an opportunity to kind of prove some people wrong. Does that make you play 
looser, do you think, when there is no more, when there isn't any pressure on you? Um, I don't think so. I think that um, ourself as a team, we put pressure on ourselves. Um, I think that we we know that we're a better team than what we've shown this year, and um, you know, hopefully with with the playoffs coming around, we can we can prove that. What do you do to get the power play going? That was struggling against Harvard. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that really the best thing we can do is just kind of keep it simple, keep uh, keep pucks going to the net, and um, you know, just make make fast passes rather than kind of holding on to it. And I think that that uh, that that should help. You reached a point a couple of weeks ago where it looked like there wasn't maybe a lot to play for in terms of moving up and down in the standings. But you guys, you know, we asked this question a couple times over the last couple of weeks: is, is it still important to? At least get in some kind of groove going into the playoffs, and you know, based on the results, you really accomplish that. I mean, what's your sense of where this team's at right now, based on recent performance? Yeah, no, obviously, um, you know, we would have liked to have been going into playoffs on a high, but um, you know, like I said, just with uh, with playoffs coming now, um, it's just a new opportunity. Everything's back to back to back to stage one. So, um, hopefully, we can we can get some rolling in the playoffs. For you personally, you missed the first half of the season. Did it take you a while to kind of get rolling again? And, and where are you at this point compared to when you first came back? Yeah, no, it definitely took a few games to uh, to kind of get comfortable, especially you know coming back to the, uh, pretty much a brand new lineup with all the young guys. But um, I think that um, with the new line that I'm on with uh, Seager and Rinaldi, I think we've been we've been building a good amount of chemistry. And um, I guess compared to the start of the to right when I got back, I'm definitely feeling a lot better, a lot more confident in pretty much all aspects of my game right now. Up next is forward slash defenseman Vas Colius. So Vas, what do you got to do to maybe not only win this series but score against the Elson? You didn't do that this year. Yeah, that's first thing that came to mind when we drew, drew him. I realized uh, we haven't scored a goal against him this year, so uh, we'll be working on it all week in practice, kind of honing in on the details to make sure that we're getting to the net because if we don't have traffic in front of the goalie and you know with the w- way the puck's been bouncing with us uh, against Yale, it hasn't been great. So they're going to be ugly. They're going to be grimy. We're going to have to get in front. And we're going to have to cause some havoc. So um, that's if we're going to get goals, that's how it's going to get done. Uh, we've tried the pretty way. Hasn't been working out. Does it play on your mind at all when you haven't scored against the team and you're playing them in the do or die situation? I mean, it can work one of two ways. Either you could sit there and uh, let it, you know, suck energy from you, or you could use it as motivation, right? So we haven't scored on them yet. Who cares? But it doesn't mean they're they're not human, right? They're not robot. You know, they're not some type of robot form that can't be scored on. So uh, we're using it as motivation. We absolutely think we can put some pucks in the net on them. So we're, uh, like I said, it's just going to come down to honing in on the details and putting in the work to put them in the net. So I've been talking to you guys for a couple of weeks about it looks like you're pretty much stuck <coughs> in a certain spot yeah. in the standings, but you wanted to at least get some kind of momentum building yeah. to the playoffs. Do you feel like you didn't quite get that accomplished based on you know the results that you've seen the last two weeks? I mean... I feel like we took steps in the correct direction in terms of figuring out a little bit more of an identity of the team. Uh, we kind of have set spots now. Uh, we, I mean, I was a defenseman, what, two months ago, a month ago, right? So, um, you know, we've kind of come into our, you know, our form in that aspect. And uh, hopefully those last games, you know, even though they may have not gone the way we wanted them to go, we uh, found some comfort, you know, we're a little bit more comfortable in that form. So I think in that aspect, there's a lot of positives to take away from that. Um, uh, obviously, you know we didn't build the momentum we wanted to build by any means, but uh, you know that's behind us now. We get we got to focus on uh, season two, which is the playoffs. So they give you two for a reason. 
What about the power play? What, what do you got to do to get that going? Oh, God. <laughs> if I knew the secret to that, I would gladly bestow it upon you. Um, but uh, I think it just has to do we're not getting enough shots, to be honest. Uh, you know, zone entries have been tough recently. Uh, I'm a pretty, I'm one of a zone entry guys, That's so I haven't been great. That's something I could put on myself uh, a little bit. Um, but in terms of the power play, I just think it's going to come down to uh, you know getting the pucks on net. We know they're going to attack. The, they're going to attack us pretty toughly. You know they want to be aggressive. That's how they are as a kill. Um, but you know having some poise, taking that you know taking a step back and making the correct play, and then getting the puck on net when it's time to get the puck on net. I mean last weekend we had a you know backdoor chance, wide open net. We just missed the net. You know so it's one of those things where not only does it have to get to the net, it has to hit the net. Um, so I, I think it's lack of shots for sure. Um, entries need to be better, which is something we'll for sure work on throughout the week. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much where we, we can just go up from there. But, but it has to be quality, too. I mean, when you say we have to get more pucks on net. Oh, I mean, quality, yes, great A's. Yeah. You can, right, yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to just shoot it from all, the outside. All day, yeah. And if it's not really. Well, if you're shooting it and you have a screen, right, that, then all of a sudden a grade C can turn into a grade A. Mm -hmm. So it's about having guys at the net whilst getting those shots on net. Um, so it's going to be. While the passes may be pretty to get to the guy shooting it, how it's going to go in, I can guarantee it won't be so pretty. Right, and it's not just yeah. on the shooter. It's yeah, on it's, it's on everyone on the unit to make sure that we're, you know, um, dragging guys where they need to be dragged, getting pucks on net to where they need to be put on net. You know, if that means low far pad for a rebound, if that means far side knowing where the goalie's sliding, whatever the case may be, it requires everyone on the unit being completely, you know, in tune with one another to making sure that they're doing their job so that the puck can find the net. And you guys have talked, to, we talked about it all year about the regular season and every week it was like, no, we know it's there. Yeah. But it, obviously it never came. Yeah. What gives you, what would you say to people that's, that would say, well, you guys can't win? What uh, would you say to them? I would, I would revert, <laughs> I would revert them to any comeback story of all time. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't have to say much to that. It's not about what they believe or what they don't believe. It's what we believe in the room at the end of the day. Um, you know, if we didn't believe, we wouldn't be showing up to the rink. If we didn't believe, we wouldn't, you know, have the chemistry that we have. If we didn't believe, there we, we might as well forfeit. You know what I'm saying? But we do believe in that room. It doesn't matter what the outside sources think. At the end of the day, people are going to look at statistics because that's what people do. Um, and they're going to say, this is what this is and this is how it's going to go. And people are going to make their, uh, you know, their own bets on who they think is going to make it and who's going to win and who's not going to win. But at the end of the day, that's, that's none of our business. We don't mind it. Uh, what we believe in the room is what we believe in the room. We think that we're capable of beating anyone. Um, and, yeah, we've had a tough stretch in terms of the season. Has it gone the way we wanted it to go? Absolutely not. I will not sit here and lie to you. We had, what, seven wins? Um, and probably the lowest goal scoring output of any team. We're aware of it. Um, and we know it. It's not, it's not like we're blind to the statistics. We just choose, you know, we have a choice in that. In, in our eyes, we can control what we can control. And we believe in that room that we can beat anyone. Regardless of how a season's gone, this is season two for a reason. You know, there's there's two. They give you two. You might as well take advantage of the second one. There's no sense in, you know, being down because of that performance in the season when we can make up for it now. Finally, head coach Rick Bennett. Um, this year against Seattle, Rick, you didn't score any goals. The last goal was scored by Ronaldo in overtime last season. What do you have to do to, to break that tonight and beat Yale uh, this weekend? <laughs> get, uh, get the overtime and have... And Anthony Ronaldo put put another one in the back of the net. Twice. So, since we're going to start it off like that, <laughs> that's my answer. You know, I have those history questions. No, I like your history. <laughs> when, 
you know, you look at the stats, you're not supposed to win this. If you look at the stats, look at the season, how everything went for your team. Not that their season was that much better, right. but you're definitely the definite underdog. How do you tell your kids to prepare your kids for that? No, we're just going to, we're not going to talk about it. That's for certain. We're just going to practice and we've changed up a few things and just to try to keep it fresh. Uh, through drills and some new drills where you get where you have to really focus on, on a new drill and we're going to prepare for Yale so when they go in what's nice is it's the same opponent so you don't have to adjust on Saturday um, the fun part is adjusting to the opponent and that kind of excites guys as well so how do you do that? Well, you do it through a week of practice and then when you get to the games it's not a shocker to them um, example, we started a couple weeks ago having the Tuesdays off because we knew coming into the weekend in the best of three, you have to have a mandatory day off. So they're used to having today off. They've already done it for two weeks. So hopefully that helps us, um, having the academic days. Um, so small things that really don't add up to your playing Yale, your underdogs, you're this, you're that. Like, hockey's, hockey's hockey. Like, these guys have all, all, all been here. Let's not make this, you know, bigger than what it is. We've been talking for a couple of weeks that your spot in the standing is pretty, appear to be pretty stable, but you wanted to kind of get some momentum and yeah. at least playing well, building into the playoffs based on the record over the last couple of weeks. It doesn't look like you guys have really done that. I mean, how do you feel just the state of <laughs> State sure. of the Union kind of aspect of where your team's at. I thought this weekend, uh, Friday, we were we were right there. We were right there, but then we, uh, let's just say, uh, stepped on our foot at the end again because uh, we were mounting a nice comeback, and we stepped on our foot. All right. Going into Saturday night, that was one of our best periods. Going in the heart, like, should have come out. I mean, there's that should word, but... I mean, come out of that period, one zip, maybe two zip ahead. We take an unfortunate major with the best power play in the country, and now you're going in there 1-1 again. So, you know, we have a unique ability to do that, and we got to try to get over that hump. And how do you, what's the solution? On a Wednesday, Thursday practice, if there's a penalty, well, we'll be jumping up and down about it and, and making them pay for it. And that's, those are solutions, instead of just talking about it. What are you going to do in the power play to get some goals there? Because it seems like you know, you're not getting, generating quality yeah. chances, and it seems to be costing you. Yeah, um, I thought sat, uh, Friday was pretty good. And then uh, I, I did not, we weren't blown away with uh, Saturday's performance on the PP. It just, it wasn't clicking, and, you know, the guys are trying, but, I just felt that we just did not have it. So John's going to switch up a few things with the power plays. And we've already worked on it yesterday. And hopefully, you know, going into that game, it clicks. Because you never know when it's going to click. You just don't know. And I give an example. Last year, Jason with the PK. Um, going into playoffs, it was kind of, you know, with talking to Jason, it was up and down. And then playoffs, it clicked. Like, you just never know. And stakes go up, and you got some of these. All these guys got to block a shot, not just Josh Kozak and you know Mo. 
everybody's got a buy-in. And some, sometimes you get a little more buy-in in playoffs. Well, Boss was just talking in regard to the power play that you guys need to get more pucks on net. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, but that's not always on just the shooter. It's on everybody, like the guy screening in front and stuff like sure. that. Is that something that kind of aspect that might have been lacking recently? Well, if you look look at some stats, the guy that, and it's amazing, I used to have my, let's just say, office talks with our buddy Dan Carr about it, or Dan wanted to, and Dan, Dan had the unique ability to be a shooter and in front of the net. Where Parker, you know, Parker Fu has done a nice job in front of the net. He's got three power play goals because of it. I mean, but it's not an area where guys want to go and be. But little do they know that you can pick up some, some goals around there. And Parker Fu's done a real nice job of that. And he's he's been, ever since he's been put there, it's helped. At least his personal stats too. But the power play in general at times has, has been good because he's there doing his job. Now, as Voss mentioned, we need guys to get the puck through to Parker to create those chances. Why don't guys want to pay the price you know, be in front of that power play? It's just... Very simple. What if I was cross-checking you all the time and banging on your back and whacking and hacking and I get to grind? I mean, I'd like to see that actually. And the thing, yeah. A lot of people would. I guess you'd have to experience it. You know, I guess like a wide receiver going going across, you know, the middle of the field on an errant throw that he's got to reach out and it puts himself in a vulnerable position. Well, playing in front of that net is. That's big time. That's a tough area. You're getting hit with shots that aren't that aren't on the mark. Last time I checked, that that hurts, regardless of equipment and just the physical abuse you're taking in front of that net. But the beauty of it is, if you can tip a few, you're right there. You're so close to the net or rebounds, you're right there. So there is some. I think there's more reward, but it just takes a different mindset. Do you think this team goes into this pretty loose? We're going to make sure it's loose as best we can. Mm -hmm. We have nothing to lose. We have absolutely nothing to lose. Right. That's the way, that's the way I feel. How do you feel this team matches up with you? I mean, if you look at record, not, not great. <coughs> but I, I look at their lineup, and I feel that I didn't like the game there. Mm -hmm. But here, I didn't mind it and felt that we could match up against them. Um, there's always things you can, you know you don't know is the goaltending for either team. That goalie is you look at his save percentage, his his career body of work, and when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's like every other goalie. So if we can get to him, you know that changes the tide a lot. But I like I mean I like our matchup against them. I really do. I, you know, I feel feel good about going going into this. I do, and I'm, but I'm more worried about tomorrow's practice, the buy-in, and then buy-in Thursday, and then getting up there and being ready to go. And hopefully we got something to prove. But the last time that we were there, mm -hmm. we played a little bit more, you know, energy and passion, and I really like it. Yeah. And we had that going in the Harvard too, and that was. Like I tell you, if you weren't there, 
Like that first period was really going well, and then ba-boom. And if we can get a little bit of that, like that going, well, look out. As a coach, was that what, the game at Yale a real head-scratcher considering the fact you guys were just coming off the 3-3 tie against Cornell that everybody was singing the praises of how you played in that sure. game and you figured, well, okay, let's try to bottle some of this moving forward and then go 5-zip at Yale. Where did that come from? I, I think any, any game, regardless of where you were or weren't within the schedule, when you see 5-zip, you're... I'm sure you guys is in your profession are writing what the heck just happened there. And it was the same as us. Like what just what just happened here? And I I contribute I thought their goalie played really like both games. It was excellent. Excellent. And I thought I know Hanny gave us a real good crack coming out of that first. Like he, he gave us a real good crack to, to compete in that game. And then we can only do so much. And I don't wanna make this the Darian Hansen show is not, but I don't, I don't know how much help we had given him at that time. So Up next, Josh Segan, who covers ECAC hockey for College Hockey News, joins us to talk about the first round of the ECAC hockey tournament. You're listening to the Body Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Castbox. Parting Shots podcast, and our guest is with us now. He covers the ECAC hockey for College Hockey News, and uh, where he's going to help us break down the first round of the ECAC hockey tournament. Josh Segan. Josh, welcome uh, back to the podcast. How how are things? Yeah, it's been a long time. Hopefully, all is well, and yeah, look forward to uh, the tournament getting started here. Yeah, well, the top four teams of the first round by are Cornell, Clarkson, uh, Quinnipiac, and. Really, the surprise team of the year, RPI, uh, just uh, the great job by Dave Smith and getting him into that spot. So they get to, those four teams get to uh, sit back and relax this weekend and see what happens uh, with the other eight teams. Yeah, yeah, RPI, what, what a story they are. I mean, they're getting willed by, you know, their their captain, their right, uh, Will, Will Riley, Riley and uh, their goaltender, Owen Saber, who's, you know, become quickly one of the best goaltenders in the country, and you know, maybe they can make a return trip to Lake Placid, which would be their first uh, time in the ECAC Final Four since uh, 2002. Yeah, we'll talk more about RPI next week. But let's break down what we have here uh, first round this weekend. Let's start with what appears to be an easy series, number five seed Harvard against number 12 seed St. Lawrence. 
I emphasize appears because a couple weeks ago, you know, Carver goes up to the North Country, takes care of Clarkson Friday night, and inexplicably gets blown out by St. Lawrence. They're the worst record in the league. Yeah, I mean, it just shows how uneven Harvard's been. They had that great start. They went 6-0-0, and, you know, they look like one of the best teams in the country, probably, you know, to beat against Cornell um, at the end of the year. But, you know, they've only got seven wins since then. So they, they've struggled, especially um, for consistency and in their play. And, you know, their top line is really what they have. Um, Jack Drury, Casey Dornbach, and uh Nick Abrazese have been uh, very good for them, and they, they roll them out almost every other shift, and, you know, it's, it's been a feeling out process. They're still young, and, you know, those results, I guess, you got to expect, but at this point, you, you wonder um, whether that's going to come back and haunt them going forward. Yeah, I, I mean, Mike and I were talking earlier in the week, and we were saying, I think, we, you think Harvard is probably the most disappointing team in the league this year, because, you know, you mentioned they got off to the 6-0 start, and they looked like world beaters, and Really haven't played well since. Yeah, I mean the writing was on the wall with them early, though. They, they were they were converting a lot of their opportunities, and you know they just haven't done that in recent weeks. But you know it, we all know if, if Harvard gets hot in the tournament, they could be an easy, uh, a difficult out, um, especially if they get up and Lake Placid and get get put all that skill on that big sheet. I mean the last time Harvard played in the first round was 2015, and they ended up winning the in the winning the title as a they were a six seed. They went into Yale and won a triple overtime game yeah. in uh, the second round. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're always a dangerous team. And, you know, you're going to look at St. Lawrence, who just struggled this year. But, you know, they're going in confident because just two weeks ago they beat the team that they'll play. So, yeah. so how are we picking this series, guys? We'll start with you, Josh. I think it will be a quick uh, sweep, I quick. think. Mike? Um, Harvard scares me, and I don't mean in a good way for a lot of things Josh was just talking about, especially the inconsistency. But, I mean, I'll, I'll take the top line against the St. Lawrence team. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's sort of like beating a team with one arm behind your back. And uh, so we'll, we'll go 2-0 sweep for Harvard. Yeah, I'm going 2-0 sweep with Harvard, too. I think just their power plays is too – Strong and the if, if St. Lawrence gets in penalty trouble, that think that could spell problems for the Saints. They so. don't even have to get into penalty trouble. I mean, if they commit two penalties, they're going to be down two zip. Yeah, pretty much. So, so, so yeah. we'll all, all agree with here. Harvard and two. Let's move on to uh, number six Dartmouth against number eleven Princeton. Uh, the Princeton team yeah, two years ago, Josh, this team won the ECAC hockey tournament title, and they've been yeah. awful ever since. What has happened? Yeah, well, I mean, they had, they had that really, really good uh, class there with, you know, Max Verano and Ryan Kuffner and, you know, a couple of those uh, other guys, you know, like Eric Robinson that went up there and did a great job and, you know, shocked us. But, I mean, that team should have always been better. Last team should have been better than it was. Uh, they kind of underperformed last year and everybody left. And, you know, they, were, they started the year with a win and a tie against St. Cloud and they haven't been able to keep it going and they've struggled to score goals they've, they've struggled on the back end and um yeah it's just been a rough sled for uh, princeton this year and it kind of was expected to be honest with you when you lose that much scoring 
Um, but it's just a tough road now for them. Yeah, I mean, Darvin's been an up-and-down team, uh, but uh, Drew O'Connor's been one of the top players in the league. Yeah, 21 goals, first time in, since uh, 1980, 81, with a guy named Ross Broward back then, uh, that they lead, the Dartmouth player leads, led the ACAC in goals. Um, well, you know who the goaltender was for Dartmouth back then? Adrian Clark at Gilts against average at 3.04 and 8.99 save percentage. I mean, is is that maybe do you worry about that a little bit? I do, and I, I mean, I think that might be the biggest weakness of the the goaltending. I mean, it kind of always is with a Dartmouth team, to be honest with you. But uh, probably shouldn't say that too loud. But um, yeah, Bobby, yeah, God, Bobby God, that might say yeah, Bobby God, that might. And I'm happy happy with that. <laughs> Who was the goaltender back in 1981? By the way. <laughs> Uh, Bobby got that right. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no. I, I mean, Adrian Clark. He, he, his highs are really high, but his lows are really low, and it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, they have a very inexperienced defense. They're really led by a freshman back there in uh, Palasek, who's you know a great young defenseman. But yeah, I mean, sometimes Adrian Clark just has rough nights, and but he has you know like last year he set the Dartmouth record in shutouts. So. It's just like you never know what you're going to get with him, and that, that's obviously not good if you're looking for a postseason success. So we'll see. I mean, just a month ago, Dartmouth was in the run for a, a tournament berth. They were up near 16 in the pairwise, and then they struggled on the road. They, they, they've only won like three games, so they went 3 7 and it's 3 7 and 1 in their last, you know, eight games, nine games. And yeah, it's been tough. Been tough, been a tough road for them. And yeah, Adrian Clark, yeah. He's gonna to have to have a big weekend, if, a big week, couple weeks if Dartmouth is gonna, you know, shock everybody. Yeah. This series could be interesting, though. Let me let me just say that this series could be interesting, though, because you have two of the worst defending teams in the in the in the country. That one's forty ninth, and one's fifty first. They both give up over three goals a game. So we definitely could see a lot of goals in this series, and yeah, it should be an interesting one. Well, uh, the uh, Dartmouth swept the season series three uh, one at Hanover and 4-3 in overtime at Hobie Baker. Uh, I'll start with Mike. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to throw Princeton a game. Um, I'm still calling Dartmouth, but I think it's going to go three. And I mean, you kind of wanted to believe in Dartmouth uh, halfway through January, but, man, they really just have not done anything since then. You know, the three games they've won since January 18th are against Brown, St. Lawrence, and Union, and that's it. And uh, so they're – you know, I wanted to believe in them a month and a half ago, but I don't trust them now. I still think they're, you know, they're going to win this series. But, um, you know, the last time they played Princeton, it went to overtime. So I'll give Princeton a game, and I'll call it uh, Dartmouth in three. Josh? Dartmouth usually plays three-game series. It's been their thing. They lost a game to St. Lawrence each of the last two years in the first round. So I'll take Dartmouth in three as well. Um, just expect a lot of goals, as I said, in the series. I'll go three with Darth winning game three in overtime. How's that? <laughs> Mr. Overtime's <laughs> comfortable. 
foreshadowing the future. Yes, of course. Mr. Overtime always <laughs> foreshadows the future. So, well, let's look ahead. We'll, we'll skip Union Yale for just a moment. Uh, we'll go to the 8-9 series, Colgate and Brown. Colgate, I mean, they had a chance for a buy, and then Brown sort of, I think yeah. Brown sort of you know, has come on of late. Uh, I think this could be a very interesting series. I think this is the upgrade. I think this is the upset special series right here. I mean, Colgate. I don't know what's happened to Colgate over the last, you know, few months since the break. But they looked really good um, before the break. Uh, they beat Harvard that stretch. They they were up in the top three, top four, and um, yeah, they were looking really good. And then it just seemed like the goal scoring woes came back, and you know they've struggled. Mike, your thoughts? Um. I'm, yeah, I'm going to take a swing with a, with a Colgate upset, upset as well. Minor upset, I guess. I mean, oh, no, well, Colgate or Brown upset, because Colgate's the eighth seed. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, so it's not a huge... It's 8-9, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we won't use the word upset word at this point. Um, I'll go Colgate... I the word upset, but yeah. I'll go Colgate in three. I mean, they, you know, the one dominating game that Brown had against them this year was way back on November 9th, and uh, um, I know Colgate, Colgate doesn't score a lot, but, um, yeah, I'm... I don't know that Brown is all that trustworthy either. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take a swing on three games, Colgate. Here's the thing with Brown. Uh, Brendan Winnett has his, uh, gets his team in the play, ready for the playoffs. And you just see what they did last year at Quinnipiac. Uh, I wouldn't sleep on Brown. I, I think Brown could end up pulling us out in three, and I think they will. I, I, they've, I think they've had a disappointing season. Well, like I said, they've seemed to have uh, played better down the stretch here. And uh, I think the way that momentum carries over in this series at Colgate. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, Colgate's been inconsistent. I mean, as I said, they you know were playing well early on, and I mean they weren't winning the the non-league games, but they were making a run at maybe a top four spot in um, in the standings here in the ECAC hockey. But uh, they faltered down the stretch here, and I, I think uh, it, it could be it could be a Brown upset. This might be the one uh, series where the road team wins. I thought we were going to use the word upset. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but yeah, nine. It's all right. I make my own rules. <laughs> no, no, hey, I, if I use the word upset, it's just a slight one. Okay, yeah. in the playoffs, we can use it. Right. Um, I like what I liked. What, I actually liked what I saw from Brown a few weeks ago against Cornell. Um, I went down and saw them, and yeah, I thought they were they, they defended well. They're not going to give you a lot of goals. Um, I think both these teams. This could be a really low scoring series, unlike the Princeton Dartmouth series. Probably two. Maybe a two-one and one-nothing game, but I think Brown will win in two, uh, based on what I've seen in the last few weeks. In two, and Brown okay. is also two and zero against Colgate this year, so obviously there's a little something there. Okay, so you're going with the sweep. That's a good call there. So uh, now we go on to the uh, series between Union and Yale. Uh, Mike and I uh, talked about it at the top of the say with this uh, Union team. Uh, outscored seven to nothing this year by the Bulldogs. It's been it's a 120 minute uh, streak since they last scored Anthony Rinaldi overtime goal last season. Uh, Union just hasn't had it all year. Yale has been up and down. But uh, what do you how do you see this series, Josh? Let's see. I, I mean, I think if Union can stop Curtis Hall, they do pretty well because he's seriously he's probably one of the best players and he's probably really underrated. He's come back from the World Juniors and has just been scoring left and right for uh, for Yale. Um, I mean, you never you never know what to, you mean. You never know. You get you get Rick Bennett, great coach, but two really good coaches that get their teams up 
for this time of year, um, two teams that have really struggled at times this year. Yale's kind of been a little bit better in recent weeks. Um, yeah, it could be an interesting series just because you have two of the better coaches in the league. And it, it, what, what actually interests me about this, um, this, these two teams, these two teams have only played in the tournament like once in the past 20 years. Well, twice actually, if you count the uh, 2013 semifinal. Yeah. But as far yeah, as a, as yeah. far as as far as a best of three, uh, you go back to the 2006. I knew you tweeted this out uh, before we started taping that the, the second game of that series was the five overtime. Uh, I, did, I did see that, and I made sure to you know yeah. um, <laughs> tag you on that. I just thought it was funny, and that proved um, and that ended up that ended up proving to be uh, Tim Taylor's last victory because after they lost the following weekend, he was uh, fired. Oh, uh, boy, yeah, that's a that must have been a fun game, Ken. Uh, that must have been on forever. Well, let me put it this way. Jason Moy, uh, who used to do RPI radio, and now he works at uh, USCHO, yeah. he came over after the RPI series had completed, and he was, he was there. Was there. I think that was the uh, series where Eric Riddell was uh, getting uh, burgers for us. They ran a Burger King and uh, got us uh, some food and got the referees food. So uh, that was kind of – it was an interesting night because I never covered – I mean, I covered the forward time uh, – game yeah. between BU and St. Lawrence in the uh, NCAA East Regional back in 2000, but that was an afternoon game, and that yeah, ended up just a little after 6 o'clock. Here you're going, you know, you're going to miss, miss the deadline for the first edition back when we had first editions, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, you got a quick <laughs> write a story, and, uh, and I know and that was another union to playoffs defeat, which it didn't sit well with Nate Lehman when I asked a question about that afterwards, but uh, uh, I, I, I oh, yeah, this, this union team, I, I mean, I yeah, I, I covered the team for 25 years, and I, I'd, see, I'd seen some bad teams back in the um, the 1990s. I mean, obviously, yeah. the, the low point was when they went three twenty six and three in 1988-99 season. Uh, but this team, I just there's really very little talent there. I mean, I, I feel bad for Darren Hanson because I think he's had been outstanding this year and just hasn't had any help. Yeah. It certainly what it looked like. I mean, early in the year, they struggled with uh, possession a lot. Uh, it just looks like that's one of their biggest things. Uh, possession and you know, just, just controlling play, they, they seem to struggle at it. So, yeah, it's been you know, a tough year for Rick Bennett. And, uh, you know, that union has been so good for so long that it's really weird to see them down, you know, this low. And you always expect them to pick right back up. But this year has just been a different story. Yeah, I mean, they don't have a double-digit goal score yet, and that hasn't happened since that uh, 98-99 season. So it just tells you how bad things are, and uh, you just wonder if they even have a puncher's chance against Yale. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think they do. I mean, I, like I said, Yale's been as inconsistent as they have been. So, uh, you know, a little probably, like I said, they've been a little bit better recently. So yeah, I think it will be an interesting. I think it will be an interesting series. I think this one could go three, though. I, I don't. I don't think it will be a Yale sweep. I, I think it will go three, just because you know, like I said, you have, you have Rick Bennett, you know, one of the best coaches in the country, and you probably will. That's good for a game in itself. Yep. Uh, so you're going Yale in three. I'm going Yale in three. Curtis Hall probably scores a hat trick in game three. Okay. I got Yale in three. Also, I mean, as much as I want to believe, having seen this team all year, that there's like this sleeping bear about to come out of hibernation. I mean, the recent stretch suggests that that probably isn't going to happen, but I'm going to give Union a game. Uh, you talked about a puncher's chance of winning the series. I, they've got a puncher's chance of winning a game. If you go back to that December game, uh, 
Dylan Anhorn jumps out of the box. He gets a pass from Rinaldi, and Corbin Kaspersky makes this great blocker save when it was still one zip. And if he scores there, um, you know, it was, that was really a turning point in the game, and they wound up losing just two zips. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give Union uh, um, a game in this series. I don't know if it'll be Friday or Saturday. It doesn't really matter. But I think they'll get to Sunday. It'll be a good experience for these 12 freshmen that they have on their, their roster, at least the ones that have been in uniform a lot and uh, something they can use next year. Well, I'm not a betting man, thank God. And I just – I uh, you guys can pick three with Yale. I'm going with the sweep. I just I just don't see uh, Union having a shot. I mean, like I said, their inability to score this year. Uh, the power play has been awful. And I just, I, I just don't see them, you know, getting a game in this one. I think their season ends on Saturday night. So I guess I'll be coming back on Sunday. You'll be coming back Sunday, Sunday no matter morning. what. You'll be Sunday coming. morning instead of Sunday. That's <laughs> fine. It doesn't make any difference to me. Yeah. So Josh, where are you going to be uh, this weekend? I don't know. Probably darkness. Um, probably darkness on uh, on Saturday night. Um, I just don't see Harvard. Uh, don't see going to Harvard and maybe I don't know. Yeah, probably darkness. Yeah, it's close and yeah, it should be a quick series there. Quick series that I believe think that one will be competitive. Just wonder if Harvard series at Slay Lawrence will be all that competitive, but we'll see. Okay. Well, Josh, where do make my mind up for a while? Okay. <laughs> where people can follow you on Twitter, Josh? Yeah, no, absolutely. Josh Eagle 24, you know, I'm always on. So yeah, that will be my thing. Yep, and uh, too bad your Canadians aren't going to make the playoffs. I don't even want to talk about <laughs> that. I haven't even watched an NHL game, but probably. Two months. Was that an intro to talk about the best team in the NHL right now? I, I hope it is. I, I'd rather not. <laughs> All right, we'll let you off the hook yeah. this time. All right, Josh, appreciate it. We'll do this again next week. All right, see you next week. All right, All right, take you, care, Mike. Josh. That's Josh Segan of College Hockey News. And, uh, Mike, that wraps things up for us. All right, looking right. forward to my trip to New Haven. Yeah, I'm, go to, I'm going to the Peabody Natural History Museum on Saturday morning before the game. So oh, good. I'll fire it up for that. All right. Well, first of all, before we uh, you know, say our goodbyes, sir, I want to congratulate Matthew Rafini on winning his third Daily Gazette ECAC Hockey Faceoff Selection title. Good job. I know. He was incredible. Uh, and I want to thank everyone for participating again this year. Maybe we'll get Mike to participate next Was year. Is it against the rules for me to have him make my picks the rest of the way? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. So, and I'll be posting my uh, EC Saki tournament first round picks on my blog. If you want to participate, email your picks to me at shot at dailygazette.com. And that wraps no- up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. Mike, thanks for uh, joining me once again. Have a safe trip to uh, New Haven and. Uh, Maybe they'll be playing The Doors' uh, Peace Frog, Blood on the Streets in the Town of New Haven. It's been a few weeks since we had a song reference, and I'm just (laughs) simply not going to play that game. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll do this again next week, either talking about a quarterfinal matchup or uh, wrapping up the season with Union. So we'll figure that out uh, after the weekend. So, again, thanks, Mike, and uh, we'll we'll talk next week. Okay. All right, and thanks again to Josh Segan for coming on, and also uh, Parker Fu, Vas Coleus, and Rick Bennett. The Party Shots podcast. Is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. Follow us on social media. I'm at Slapshots on Twitter and Instagram. And follow Mike's coverage all weekend on Twitter at Mike underscore McAdam. The views expressed in the Party Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Party Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. For Mike McAdam, thanks for listening. 
from the Party Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. Good day, good hockey.